Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. Sherelle, 82, Virginia Tech. 103 North Carolina. It's a ton of points scored in a basketball game by the Tar Heels, but I'm going to start where I think this game started for Carolina, and that was on the defensive end in the first half. Virginia Tech had some foul issues, but when Carolina decided to play on that end, Virginia Tech had no answer. And I think for those of you who are home <clears throat> watching the broadcast, Jay Bill has kind of nailed it. Uh, UNT got down 22-13 uh, early in the first half. And Roy Williams inserted kind of the second unit. Brandon Robinson, seventh was Nasir Little, um, in addition to I think Garrison Brooks was still in the game and maybe Luke May. And they really turned it up defensively. They didn't score a lot because there was a, a time where it was stuck on kind of 22 to 18 for, you know, three or four minutes. But what they did was they stopped Virginia Tech from, you know, bombing threes. It I can't remember what game it was a couple of years ago. There was a team who started the second half and they made like 15 or 16 straight shots. That's what it felt like with Virginia Tech probably the first eight minutes of the first half. I think they made seven of their first eight threes. And, you know, it kind of kind of got that Louisville feeling there for a little bit that North Carolina, you know, might just get blown out blown out of the building. And then that second unit came in, played some really good defense. And Sierra Little had a steal. I think Seventh Woods had a steal. Um, Luke May on the boards. You know, just, just really infused the team uh, with defensive intensity and energy. And then when the starters came back, or some of the starters came back, um, that defensive energy translated into offense. And, you know, they kind of went off from there. Yeah, and then as Roy Williams said, and you said off-air, it all looks better when the ball goes in the basket. Let's start uh, with a catalyst for North Carolina. Kobe White, 9 for 16, 5 for 11 from 3, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, only 3 turns. I think I saw a, a graphic where they said something. That's the, you know, the most stat-stuffed game for a North Carolina point guard since Ty Lawson in 07. He certainly – look Lawson-esque in that ball game, Sherelle. Well, that's been the comparison for, you know, the last four or five months where Williams said it, and he doesn't say anything lightly. He doesn't compare people to Ty Lawson as far as speed and to Tyler Hansborough as far as competitive competitiveness and skill, um, which he's done with Kobe White. So he doesn't do that lightly. And I think you see kind of the total package of what Kobe White can do and why um, for during the summer I think a lot of people – you know, they wondered what Rogans was going to do at the point guard spot, but I, I think he knew kind of the ceiling was higher with Kobe White just because of that scoring ability. And you see why he's willing to live with some of those turnovers, the dribble off the foot, the throw into the second row, because the guy is just wired to score. And, um, you know, whatever cliche, you know, he want to use, bucket getter, buckets, whatever, that's, that's what he does really well. And it's what he's always done, you know, dating back to, you know, middle school, freshman in high school, he's always been a scorer. Um, and now he's adding uh, ball handling responsibilities, running the offense. And as he just gets more comfortable in the system, I, I think you'll see maybe not more games exactly like this, but you'll see um, max efficiency from Kobe. What has gotten me is we knew he could shoot. I mean, there was some question, could he get a shot off against college competition? That that obviously has uh, been answered pretty easily. But the way he finishes in traffic and, and can score from any angle, really, around the rim. That's what's uh, fascinating to watch for me. Lawson would just, you know, he had the strength just to attack and, and sort of move people out of the way. Kobe finds a way to move his body into 
you know, an area where a player is not, that fast break layup was just ridiculous. Yeah, if you go back and read some of the scouting reports that Rob Harrington did on Kobe White, he makes some comparisons. You're like, what? Um, because it, it doesn't, on paper, it doesn't make sense. He talked about Antoine Jamison, and he talked about Tyler Hansbrough, about how they were able to score from strange angles, contort their body um, to somehow get squared to the basket. And in addition to that, it, it's kind of like being a good golfer. You know, you just got every shot imaginable. You can hit it from wherever. Um, that's the analogy that Rob made, that Kobe is kind of the point guard incarnation of that because he can shoot it from his hip. He can shoot it from three. He can go between two defenders and lay it up with his left hand or you know, go off his off foot and lay it up with his right hand. He, he has all the, the tools in his bag, so to speak. And, you know, you, you're starting to see it. And, you know, 20, 27 points, five threes. I mean, it's just really impressive to see. And I think that's what coming into the season, you know, the, the coaching staff, because everything we heard over the summer was just how amazing Kobe White was. And frankly, to some people, I think it got to be like, can he really live up to it? And, you know, as far as freshmen are concerned, I think he's lived up to it as much as anyone probably since Brandon Wright and Tyler Hansbrough. Yeah, man, it's it's fascinating to watch. There is no uh, get your feet set, uh, get your feet under you, shoulder width apart with Kobe White. He just lets it rip. Like you said, 27, five threes, seven rebounds, six assists. Those are huge and were huge from Kalani in 30 minutes. Uh, four, steal, four steals too. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the kid, he is everything that anybody said about him. And any doubts that folks have, he's answered them. I think at this point in the season, he's answered every doubt. Just just go ahead and enjoy him because you just don't know when the right end. So enjoy it while you're on it. Yeah, absolutely. And you make a lot of people nervous there, but I agree. <laughs> uh, I mean, if he continues to play like that, um, I, I think his enjoyment in a Tar Heel uniform might be shorter than some folks expected. Another guy that, you know, we joke about having the portion of the program for him. And if he plays like he did tonight, <laughs> we still might have that. it. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to have like in, in a every every show, 23 on 7 of 12, 2 for 3, three-pointers, 7 for 7, free throws. That That's probably the biggest thing to me in only 20 minutes. Uh, you talking about efficient, not as little with a big game. But we remember Aaron Rodgers, they were, I think they were like four and six or something, and people were getting on him. And he said, R E L A X, relax. He said that on the radio, and everybody's like, This arrogant guy, are you serious? But I think that's what we needed to do with Nasir Little. And I say that because he just didn't, he wasn't exactly sure what he needed to do for this specific team. I think a lot of times guys come in and they want to showcase their entire game, they want to show everything they can do. And for certain teams, that's not, you know, productive. And he had to learn kind of, okay, this is what they've asked me to do. This is what I'm good at. How can I make these things mesh so that I'm helping the team the best way? And I think the last three games, really, you're starting to see the, again, whatever cliche you want to use, the light bulb go off, <laughs> uh, flickering, whatever you want to use. I, I think you're starting to see it. Um, and what, what, I think to me, the biggest thing was his three-point shot because we know he's an athlete. We know that he can dunk, that he can score around the rim, that he can do those things. The first three he took, it looked good. It went all the way in and came out. The second three he took, he took an extra dribble, set himself, made it. The third three, or sorry, the second three was just rhythm. And then the third three, he was like, okay, I want to make sure this goes in. He took an extra dribble and nailed it. And I think just that progression from missing his three, not getting down on himself, 
to making the second one in rhythm to making sure he made the third one. That just shows you that his confidence is building and that he knows kind of what this team needs him to do. And, you know, 50 points between Kobe and Nasir, that's kind of what people expected before the season. Uh, they expected those guys to be as good as the seniors, and it just hasn't happened yet. And, you know, it's, they're not going to score 50 points every game. So let's go ahead and dial that part back. But they know their roles and that what they're supposed to do. And any given night, North Carolina has, you know, five or six guys who can go for 25 on you. 50 points and 50 total minutes. Not a bad night for the two not freshmen. And, Sherelle, something, and I'm, we talked about it with Kobe, um, he can shoot from anywhere, any – you know, feet setting or whatever you want to call it, but Nas' little shot looks really good. So it really has been just a straight confidence issue for him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what you talk to, you know, people around him, talk to his, his trainer, uh, Daryl Harden, you know, talk to his, his parents, his family, just people who know him. And that was the thing that they were saying. It's, it's nothing mechanical. There's nothing, um, you know, uh, wrong with him. He just needed to get a little confidence and, you know, it, it, North Carolina might look back at that uh, that Notre Dame game and say, "Wow, that that really changed things because he looked didn't look great in the first half, and then he had 11 points in the second half and followed it up with a really efficient performance in limited minutes because of foul trouble um, against uh, o- o- uh, over the weekend at Miami, and then he had you know probably his best game at Carolina tonight. So it's kind of a bad time, I think, for UNC to have eight days off, but um, you know they needed to close out this home stretch well, and they did it. Yeah, I think it started when uh, the podcast that we said he needed to get down and do some post work. <laughs> uh, we're going to take credit for that. And there'll be a day when people will look back to that podcast. But just look, at, I mean, honestly, <laughs> since he since he is focused on, you know, attacking the rim, taking perimeter opportunities when he gets them, but not forcing them, rebounding, he just looks like a completely different player. He looks freer. He looks more confident. Um, he looks excited. He's always been excitable, um, but he just looks like he's enjoying it. Whereas before, it, it didn't look like that. Indeed. Let's take a short break. Come right back. There's plenty more to talk about. Carolina wins by 21 over Virginia Tech. Trail, one guy that, you know, we had banged on pretty hard the last couple of weeks and, you know, expected Nas to get more minutes at his expense was Garrison Brooks. And then he comes out and does what he should do, um, but not what anybody expected him to do against Virginia Tech. Five for seven for 12 points. Five rebounds needs to have a little, a few more rebounds, but he looked really good in the first half. Kept Carolina in it, quite frankly, early. Yeah, and part of that was, you know, uh, Virginia Tech. They had Blackshear, but they really have nothing else on the interior, and they were really content to let Garrison Brooks do his thing. And it might have backfired because it gave, you know, like you said, he kept. I think he scored eight of Carolina's first ten or ten of their first thirteen, something like that. He was able to keep them in. And it was thirteen to ten. Uh, then Virginia Tech hit those three straight threes, and then Carolina went on the massive run. So just him able to finish around the basket to get a couple of rebounds. And like you said, uh, I think he was on that unit that really stepped up the defense um, from you know around the 12, 11-minute mark when UNC was down nine. So you know, you, know, you, you know his limitations. You know what he does well, which is to some degree finish, play good defense, um, grab rebounds. And if he you know, just knows his role and understands what he's supposed to do, I think that's, that's half the battle right there. Yeah, he looked good, and he attacked, and he and he did finish. And like you said, they only had – which is why I said he did what he should have done is Virginia Tech didn't have many people that could deal with him, but he hasn't always done that. He, I thought he looked good and, and certainly bodes well. Uh, like you said, eight days off. Who knows what happens in that time frame. But 
And his teammates found him too. Uh, there was a couple of times Luke May did a great job of recognizing mismatches when I think it was Justin Robinson had switched onto Garrison Brooks. And, you know, that's six, six and a half, six, seven against six, one. And he just lobbed it over the top and Brooks had an easy finish. So that was good recognition by, by May as well. And sometimes this Carolina team, um, though they're, they are generally a good passing team as far as assists, sometimes it's hard for them to feed the post. So I, it, was, it was a good sight to see Luke May able to make a couple of those passes. Indeed. And Luke May, uh, only, what, five rebounds, which is crazy, but he hit some shots, three, uh, four for five from three. I, I think it was probably Ives that tweeted, you know, he makes almost 50% threes against ranked teams, half that against non-ranked teams. I mean, it's showing up in big ball games. May with 14 and those four threes. I mean, <laughs> it, he just keeps doing whatever he needs to do. And we, we talked about Nasir's confidence. I think Luke May has, you know, was probably going through a little confidence, um, uh, you know, just lack of confidence himself because he hadn't been shooting well. Jay Billis, again, talked about it several times on the broadcast. So if Luke May can get going, I mean, Cam Johnson, Carolina's leading scorer, um, you know, he's been phenomenal. He's, he saved them at times this season, and he had eight points, and he scored 103. So, again, um, when North Carolina defends, you know, they are as good as anyone now. Granted, I think, you know, coming one three away from tying the school record for makes in a game and one three away for attempts in a game isn't really sustainable. Um, they're not going to go. They're not going to shoot 47 percent from three a lot of times, especially when they take 34. But the fact that they can do it should open some things up, driving lanes for Kobe, driving lanes for Nasir, that kind of stuff. So it it, you know, it puts more things on tape for other uh, teams to look at and just gives them more to think about. Let's look at maybe a little bit of the negative. And there's plenty more positives we could talk about. I mean, Kenny Williams hit some big shots. Leaky Black, again, I thought he looked good in limited minutes. Uh, but one thing I, w I do want to talk about, and this was so frustrating, is seventh comes out. He has a good defensive stance in the first half. And then in the second half, it's like he kind of gives away that, that goodwill, so to speak, with some carelessness with the ball. Now, granted, Carolina's up. 20 points um, but if Kobe White's out of the ball game seventh's gotta tighten that up your thoughts on his play yeah the backup point guard position is something that I think Roy Williams is going to have to address in this kind of bye week so to speak uh, because you know seventh has you know he's he's a good defender he does things well on that side of the ball but offensively he hasn't really he hasn't really done much since the Gonzaga game and, and maybe you know the Gonzaga game was just kind of one of those moments kind of the out of, out of body experience type deals um North Carolina doesn't need him to score I think he had 14 or something like that against Gonzaga they don't need that from him you know really that often at all what they need from him is you know no turnovers or minimal turnovers solid ball handling good defense and you know if he can finish in the open break finish in the uh, you know uh in the fast break good decisions. They, they need that kind of stuff from him. Just be solid. We always talk about it. Net, be a net positive. You know, don't come in and hurt the team is what Roe Williams asked for his subs. And I think sometimes, um, I don't know why, but I think sometimes um, seventh is just a little careless with the ball and he doesn't have the, the scoring ability of Kobe to mitigate, you know, some of those turnovers. And so you have to ask yourself, um, you know, what is the solution or is he the best solution as the backup point guard? I, I think Roe Williams would still say he is, but I, I think it's something the staff will talk about over the next couple of weeks. And, and you know, the, I guess the theme of this podcast is confidence. It seems like seventh doesn't have much right now. Um, 
but you know, that can change as we've seen for a few different people that can change quickly. So I don't want to write him off completely just yet, but I do think, um, you know, maybe leaky, um, even Kenny Williams has earned some, you know, spot minutes or, or more minutes at the backup point guard spot. How does that affect the player? You've followed these guys, not necessarily seventh, but when you've got a, a younger guy pushing you that, uh, and you're struggling, I mean, how does that affect the player mentally? It, it's a it's a situation where Roy Williams is going to have to make a decision. Like you said, this is a good week uh, to figure it out. But as far as players you've seen, I mean, some, I guess, either fold up shop or they figure out a way to contribute otherwise. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it varies on, on personality. It varies on um, team as well. There are some teams where, you know, a freshman came in, took the job of a, a freshman or sophomore came in, took the job of a junior senior, and you know there's no issues. And I don't think seventh is the type of guy who um, he, he doesn't get higher, he doesn't get low. He's always kind of the same. And he's been like two, you know, during his recruitment. You know, back in high school, he would dunk on someone and just run back down the court. So he's never been, you know, a, a very emotional on the court guy. Um, I think as long as he's getting minutes and long as he has a chance to positively contribute, I think he'll be fine. He's not a chemistry issue or anything like that. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's just it's different people react different ways. But I think seventh will be fine. And, you know, he is a competitor, too. And I'm sure he's going to want to figure out how he can, you know, better help the team during this kind of bye week. And uh, we'll see what happens when they go to Georgia Tech. You keep saying bye week, and I totally agree. Carolina doesn't play again until the 29th, I believe. That's at Georgia Tech. Looking at the ACC standings, Carolina's now 5-1. and one. A host of people are 4-1. and one. Uh, About where you expected Carolina here in uh, mid to late January? Yeah, I think so. I, um, considering they already they were going to have three road games, or they've already had three road games, I thought maybe they would trip up in one of those. So I think the record is about what I expected. It's just the losses weren't exactly where I expected them to happen. Um, and I think again, I think it was Brian Ivey tweeted North Carolina. You know, they they typically don't get off to great start. I don't say great starts in the ACC, but it, you know, four and one, they never start five and zero or six and zero under Roy Williams in the ACC. So the fact that they're five and one and three of those wins have come on the road is, is pretty tremendous. And they only have six road games left. So just win a couple of those, take care of home court. And, you know, you can see an easy path to 13 or 14 wins. But again, you know, this is a team that has to shoot well to win most of the time. They have won ugly once, but, you know, can they do it consistently? I think that's kind of the one thing that you need to see, because, again, it's when you make 16 threes, it's it's pretty easy to win. Um so I'd like to see a, a continued effort um, on the defensive end because the first eight minutes, for as good as they were, that second stretch in the second in the first half, those first eight minutes were pretty bad. They were just wide open threes, and guys were knocking them down. So um, that's something that has to continue to get improved for for UNC. Yeah, the schedule is a favor for North Carolina as Virginia, Virginia Tech, I believe Florida State all in the Smith Center, and Carolina doesn't have to make that return trip. But you're right, the way the conference is, and the way Carolina can play defense or not, uh, any team, seed Louisville, can make it a big deal. I, I think they're where they need to be. I think it'll be interesting to watch um, a couple things for me over this next week before Georgia Tech is to see where this point backup point guard situation goes uh, and to also see um, maybe the little – the little minutes, Nas Little's minutes. I mean, 20 again tonight. I tend to think, and I want your thoughts in closing, is 
Roy Williams is going to stick with what's been working. And I think 15, 15 and four and five and one of the conference shows that's been working overall, but he's been known to start tweaking things this time of year. How do you think it goes uh, when it, when they kick back off in eight days? Yeah, I think we'll see the same. Uh, I'd be surprised if we didn't see the same lineup because he has gone, you know, he, he Roy Williams for all, for everything that he does, he pretty much tells you what he's thinking in press conferences, you know, post game, um, his during the week. And he has been, very complimentary of Garrison Brooks, of his defense, of him, his positive impact on the team, so to speak. And so I don't see him switching things up. You know, what we have seen in the past, though, is, you know, typically they'll have a kind of head scratching loss, you know, at somewhere like Boston College or Georgia Tech or Wake Forest against a team they're more talented than. And then it's game. He'll say, "Okay, I've had enough. I'm going to switch things up. So that's happened in the past, typically early to mid-February. Um, but for now, I think you'll see the same starting lineup. I think the rotations are are, are getting to be um, tighter, and I think guys are understanding their role. Um, pretty much everyone, I think, knows what they're supposed to do when they go out, go into the game. Like Kobe run the team, Luke Cam score, Kenny hit open shots if you get them, defend. Garrison, if you get a shot around the basket, finish, block shots, rebound. Nasir, come in and give energy. Seventh, play defense. Brandon Robinson, play defense, give energy, hit an open shot if you're wide open. You know, Leaky, uh, just be all-around player, you know, get get the ball to the open man, just do what you're supposed to do. So, like, I think they all kind of understand what their role is, and I, I don't think he, he's going to want to mess with that right now. Indeed. Carolina shoots Virginia Tech out of the Smith Center, 103-82, moved to 5-1 and one in the conference, 15-4 and four overall. You've been listening to Tommy Ashley and Sherelle McMillan on the Inside Carolina podcast. Sherelle, as always, thanks. Yep, Tommy, have a good one. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.